Hello, it's Richard Herring here. Welcome to my podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. And my stand-up tour is about to begin. Can I have my ball back? First stand-up tour in six years. Many of you just know me from the podcast. Don't know, I've done 14 or 15 stand-up tours in my own right. I'm a brilliant stand-up comedian. And can I have my ball back? I think it's my best show ever. That's what the audiences are saying. It's about testicular cancer, but it's funny because testicles are funny, even though cancer isn't. Uh, I'm really pleased with it. I'd love you to come and see it. Bring your friends. Some of the shows selling really well. Some of them selling really badly. It's a traditional Richard Herring tour. But here's where I'm going to be. 2nd of May, Thursday at the Luton Hat Factory. It's a small venue, but there are still tickets left. 3rd of May, I'm at the Berry Hedge End, which is near Southampton. That's looking more full, but still some availability. 8th of May, I'm at the Leicester Square Theatre. There's about 10 tickets left for that one, though I am back at the Leicester Square Theatre in June. And then I'm at St Albans on the 9th, Gloucester on the 10th. Chorley Little Theatre on the 11th, that's sold out, but you can join the waiting list. And then the 12th of May, I'm at Glasgow, afternoon show sold out. Evening show, extra show, put on, still with tickets. And then there's lots more. Go to richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs. And now enjoy whatever podcast I've given you. It's free. It's all for you. If you want to pay me back, buy a book, come and see a show. That's all I've got to say to you. Love you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Lavatory Servicing Truck Podcast. Uh, I found a web page which uh, gives loads of definitions of what LST stands for. I don't know why it's taken me so long. Uh, but apparently it stands for Lavatory Servicing Truck. So with the new ten, the new direction of the podcast, we're just going to be trying out different lavatory servicing trucks each week with a guest. Decide which one's best, that's the idea. But uh, I was hanging around uh, in... Uh, I was enjoying pumpkin time at Sunnyfield's farm today. I love pumpkins. I love pumpkins. I love pumpkin. I hate squash. Um, the pumpkins call it Rahalastabha. So I don't know if that's gonna. Don't know if that's gonna catch on. It is lovely to be here in Totten. Uh, I can say that honestly because last night I was in New Milton. Thank God I'm not there any longer. Uh, I have to say, I do resent all the signs on the, as I drive between these two places saying, please take care of the horses, don't drive into the horses, horses don't dent, they die. Fucking put some fences up. <laughs> Not my problem. Everywhere else in the world puts fences around their ho- livestock. 
Love to be here in Totten. Uh, uh, imagine going to... Actually, I've got to look on my phone for... I've, I've got some reviews. Imagine going to the pumpkin world at Sunnyside Farm and feeling so disappointed in it that you, that you leave a bad review on TripAdvisor. You'd have to be... Your heart would have to be dead, right? Steve Humby. The displays with pumpkins are good. The rest of it, however, is like the Halloween aisle in Asda. Not much to do, and it's over in five minutes. Nothing more than a glorified pumpkin supermarket that you have to pay to go in. That man's heart's dead. Aaron H, not prepared to put his full name. Uh, the visit was on Saturday, carved on Monday, but one of the pumpkins had to be put in the bin Tuesday due to it being extremely mouldy. Pumpkins were expensive for the quality that you get, plus entrance fees. I spent nearly £70 on a handful of pumpkins that are not of good quality. Even though, uh, surely a handful of pumpkins is one pumpkin, right? Uh, I don't think you went to the pumpkin farm. I just think someone saw him come. Do you want a pumpkin? Um, Not that good quality, even though I tried to choose the healthiest looking ones I could find. So a couple of disgruntled customers for your pumpkin farm. (laughs) To be honest, it was hard to find things in Totten. There's one more thing for, luckily, because I'm back here uh, next week or a few weeks ago, actually, as it turns out, you'll see. Um... There we'll go. Is there anything else for you? Um, uh, I, what I've learned about Totten. <laughs> it claimed to be the largest village in England until it became a town in 1974. <clears throat> that's it. That's, that's basically it. I mean, claiming to be large, that's not a good thing. Oh, we're the largest village. It's not, uh, that's not a, I'm the tallest dwarf. That's not, it's not a thing. The point with villages is small, then you became a town, and what? Medium-sized town. So well done. <laughs> well done for that. Oh, I should say, you're very lucky here in Totten tonight, because I have got too much stuff in my garage, uh, and so I've given you some free stuff that would usually cost a lot of money. I've given you each a free book, or pretty much all of you got a free book, and a free programme. Uh, so do enjoy those, take those away. I will be making a collection for Scope uh, at the end if you wish to give something for for those books, but you do not have to. Uh, I will be in the foyer after the show, uh, selling some books and stuff, and DVDs even, if you've still got a DVD player. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to sign your books, sign your programmes, selfies, all that stuff. You don't have to buy anything. Um, but, you know, I've been a nice guy, haven't I? I've given you free stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, think on. Right, let's crack on. We've got an absolutely fantastic guest. I believe he's done the Edinburgh Fringe podcast before, but I can't believe this guy has not been on proper Rahalastapa. Rahalastapa. Thank you. Oh. Before <clears throat> he's probably best known for his adverts for Virgin Mobile that aired in Australia. That is why we're here tonight. <laughs> A lot of fans of those adverts have come over. Will you please welcome absolutely the incredible Paul Foot, ladies and gentlemen? Here he comes. Paul Foot. Here he comes. Here he is. It's him. There's your mic. Sorry, I I, I, I smashed it about a bit. I hope it's going to be okay. Paul Foot. <laughs> hello. Good, h- hello. 
It's <laughs> it's nice here, isn't it? It's very nice here. It's lovely. It's actually quite cool in the theatre. It's absolutely boiling hot backstage, isn't it? Yeah, like, Once you get up here, it's quite oh, nice. Oh, it's lovely. I like this podcast. Do you? The other one I did with you was the uh, Edinburgh podcast. Yeah. Well, I didn't like that one. Didn't you? No, no, it was a totally different atmosphere. <laughs> Even though it was just you. It you was know, just me talking to you in the stand or something. Yeah. In the stand. But it was a very different sort of side of your personality that came, <laughs> came out that night. It was very unpleasant, aggressive. Was this is... I'm seeing a, a really nice side of you, a sort of bumbling side of you. As you mess around with your the spectacles, reading glasses, and messed yeah. up the thing. A sort of a, an avuncular, sort of uh, amiable side of you. Thank that, you. That's nice. To be to honest, know. I've never really seen before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a lot older now. That was that was uh, probably 14 years ago or something like that. Well, that, that's true. And also, you know, you're so different in the dressing room to on stage. Like, for example, you was being so nice and saying to people they don't have to buy anything. <laughs> And all that, and you were selling me all that stuff in the dressing room at twice the normal price. I was. Like, very mercenary. Very mercenary. But, but, you know, I steal from the rich and I give to the poor. I think I might have got the wrong way around in this case. The people of Tottenham might be quite well off, I think. Uh, I steal from the poor and I give to the rich. Yes, yes. Silly bitch. Um, (laughs) Good. Do you remember the Virgin ads that you did in Australia? Yes, they were very well known here. They are well known. So we can talk about them. What, and we have many listeners in Australia who will know them very well. But you were with, were you talking to Richard Branson in those adverts? Well, it? actually, well, it was amazing. I spent two weeks out there filming it. I was, it was for Virgin Mobile, and I played a character called Robin De Hood. Wow. That was my character, okay. and it was filmed in Sherwood near Brisbane. Okay. So that was the idea of the, that was the sort of joke. Behind, yeah. behind the reason that they flew me all the way to Australia <laughs> to make the advert, and I was all dressed in red. I had like red tights, and I and I cycled on a very strange bicycle all around the town. And <laughs> and sort of, you know, in the in the advert, I was sort of really popular, and everyone would follow me because they I was giving everyone a good uh, deal on their mobile phones. Nice. And it was it wasn't like a normal advert because it was all stupid. <laughs> like I just like made up my own things. Like, a one, one of the adverts was I went into a pub and I got... And then I said, I shall finish this mead tomorrow. And then the, then the barman said, no, you've got to finish it now. And, so the, and, the, and I said, I want to have it tomorrow. So the idea was that I was saying, oh, with Virgin Mobile, you can roll over your minutes the next oh, okay. sort of thing. Yeah. And then I said, uh, that's right, I remember. And then I said, he said, no, you have to use it now. And I said, outrage. I said... And I had my own like, stupid way of speaking. Outrage, I said. Uh, with Virgin Mobile, what you haven't used now, you can use later. <laughs> like a stupid voice like that. And then the director came over to me and he said, um, in the next take, can you say, instead of saying outrage, can you just say it normally, please? And he said, can you not say, uh, you can use it later? Could you just say it later? I think that's better. <laughs> So, uh, so I did it that way, and then I could see... Because the way adverts work is that you have all like the people making it, and then you have the client, who are Virgin Mobile in this case, who never talk directly to you. They're sort of in a corner. And then I could see them talking to someone else, because they don't talk to the director directly, they talk to someone else. And then that person then talks to the director, and then the director came back over and said, uh, for this next take and all future takes, will you please say... Outrage, <laughs> and also say later. 
And it was quite successful because then yeah. later, I mean, I knew people who would go and, like, in fact, it was the, the producer of the advert who said he realised it was, it was a successful advert because he went into a pub somewhere in the middle of nowhere in, in Australia and someone just said, Outrage! <laughs> and it was all just stupid things like that. I yeah. just, a lot of it I just made up. Yeah. I was just, I was just out of living weird just scenes and stuff because yeah. I had made Marion and all these funny little other people who lived with me in this strange tent in this sort of fantasy world they'd built for me and uh, and then you know the the director of photography and all the people filming they just said they'd never been on an advert like that <laughs> it was just the whole thing it was just weird right. it was so fun and uh, yeah and I did do one thing with it was supposed to be with Richard Branson, but we couldn't... He was in Australia at the time, but we couldn't actually do it. He was in Sydney and I was in Brisbane, mm. but our mutual diaries didn't kind of match up. Wow. So he had to film his bit separately, and I filmed my bit separately. And, the, and, and, and in it, I was in a forest, and I had to, like, shoot a, I had to shoot a peacock. <laughs> but it was obviously dead already. It was like a stuffed peacock, pretend peacock yeah. and I had to shoot it with my arrow and then the, the, the mobile went off and it was Richard Branson Wow! and I said something about hello you tycoon <laughs> and then I was told that Richard Branson didn't like being called a tycoon <laughs> right. so I had to change it to successful businessman <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah. no no he doesn't like tycoon sound right you know right yeah, that was that. That was that advert. That's amazing. Well, you are you're you're you know you're a big star in Australia. I would say you go to Australia a lot, right? Go, yeah, quite. I've been there. You know, I was got back last month. Yeah. Yes. So you've just been out there again. How how was the, how was the last? Was it Melbourne? I presume Melbourne. Melbourne, Adelaide? all the places. So Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Sydney, yeah. Brisbane, Brisbane. N- name another place. Um, there's one other Ellaroo, place. Ellaroo, did you go down Ellaroo no, in the I middle? No, I didn't. Alice Springs. No, there's, uh, there's um, one major place I've not mentioned. The uh, the capital Canberra. Canberra, yeah, another, yeah. another major place I haven't mentioned. Um, there is another one o- on the west coast. West we coast. could just make the whole podcast me naming Australian cities. I mean, the people of Tottenham can join. I'm in. afraid you run out of time. The Gold Coast, Perth. 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 Yeah, I did do Gold Coast as well. Yeah, that's kind of Brisbane, really. It's yeah. the same thing. Really. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did all those places. And the, the Australians dig what you're doing? Yeah, yes, it seems to go. I, I went there the first time 12 years ago, and I remember going there thinking, I'll probably never go to Australia again. Uh, and and uh, I just took to it like a duck to water. And they seemed <laughs> to take to me like a duck to water. And then it was shortly after that I did the Virgin Mobile and then advert. You, and then bang assured, that was it once you'd done that? That was it. Is every tour called the Outrage Tours? That's what you have to do? Well, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think I might bring back that character. Yeah. Because it wasn't really a character. It was just me in a pair of red tights just <laughs> speaking stupid stuff. <laughs> but it was really fun. Yeah. And my favourite... Actually, one of my favourite bits was... There was one f- bit where I wasn't... Um, where I was... It was showing how helpful I was because I was helping everyone with their mobile phone problems... But I was helping them in other ways, and then they, there was a, a dwarf, and he, and he couldn't reach the table to get his beer. So in the bit, I had to sort of like bend down, and then he stood on my back to get the beer. Yeah. And then but it was quite heavy, yeah. and I could feel it on my back, you know, like that. And then 
And then I was like lying on the floor. This was the very first day of the filming. And I was lying on the floor saying, my butt hurts. And you could see them just thinking, oh my goodness, like this is the star of the advert and his butt's hurt. And like this can be some serious legal Yeah, legal repercussions. But anyway, a bit later, it did feel a bit better. Then I said, I really feel like I want a massage in my hotel room later. And they were like, yeah, 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 whatever you want. <laughs> so I got a free massage, you oh, see. that's good, but that worked out well. They preferred to pay $150 for a massage <laughs> than a massive amount of legal stuff. Yeah. It could have been like Back to the Future. You could have been the Eric Stoltz of those adverts. You know, Eric Stoltz was Martin McFly, first of all. Oh, they yeah. filmed, like, for about two months... And then they decided Eric Stoltz from Mask. This is the guy from Mask. Uh, he did, his face isn't really like that. Um, he, uh, he wasn't good enough, so they replaced him with Michael J. Fox. But there's a, there's a little bit of Eric Stoltz left in Back to the Future, if you look carefully. Oh, I see. What, he appears in an occasional One of the shots is the back of his head, I think. Yeah, that, that's a bit like... That could have been you. That, that um, film called The Crow... Mm. where that man died in it. Brandon Lee? Brandon Lee. Yeah. And that's why there's various shots where you think, that's not the best shot. <laughs> they didn't have much choice, did they? They didn't, he was kind of dead, you know. Yeah. So, like, I can imagine the editor was sort of saying, look, I don't like this shot. This is an awkward one here. It's a bit of a boot. The boom's hanging in. And, like, doesn't matter about the boom. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Use the shot. There are a few shaky shots in there. Yeah. It's nice they they'd still put the film together after... Killing him. And then there was that other business, wasn't there? With that, yeah. that, that I can't remember the, that name of that. Alec Baldwin? Yeah, and he just shot someone. He just shot some of the crew. I mean, I think. You it's know, a bit weird. It's a bit weird. I, I believe it was an accident, but it's a good way to keep the crews in line. They can yeah. get. If, if there's just the danger that an actor might do that yeah, and in I, the future. I might do that later in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah. I might say to you, look, uh, I really didn't enjoy the podcast, and I've got a gun here. You know, it's, I'm sure <laughs> that it's just a, it's got blanks in it, but I'm going to point it at you and fire it at yeah, you. See what happens. Uh, knowing, I'm pretty certain that it's a blank, but if it isn't, I take no responsibility. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know why. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying don't know why. I don't know why they bothered making the film. I mean, no, no one was going to watch it, were they? Like You've that. seen it. You've seen it within and seen shots with it because they, the reason they have to carry on making it is because they've put millions of dollars into it and probably with Brandon Lee. They thought, oh, the Brandon Lee one. Yeah. I mean, the one with that, that Alec Baldwin. Man. They are that, they are making it. I mean, it sounded really boring. It was just like, <laughs> oh, it's just like oh, some people walk in and oh, I'm going to shoot you. I want you. Oh, 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 no, oh, you've done it. If you've done a deal as well, you've gone behind my back. You're going to die as well. You know, it's, not, it's to- no one's interested. That sounded quite good, Paul. I, I want to see more of this weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this weird film where the script is. Wah, wah, wah. That's just written down on the screen. Ah, we could, we could, well, we could what improvise. Films are, aren't they? They are. Is what his films are. Alec Baldwin. It's all people just going. Wah. It's always the same thing. There's always a plot twist. Everyone could see it a mile off, you know. Yeah. We're partners in crime <laughs> doing a thing, but then we find out halfway through that actually, uh, I, uh, 
I'm not really your partner in crime. I'm going to shot you. I'm, I'm, and also, I've got a dark secret. And also, you've got a pro- problem that you have to overcome. You're nervous of something. You're nervous of heights, and that's your big thing. Yeah. And at the end of it, you have to realise that I was betraying you. And you have to realise... Uh, you realise who your true friends really are and you realise it's not me and you also realise you've got to face your fear because in order to find your new friends you've got to go on a zip wire to get them and you've got to face your fear of the heights you know this is really good Paul this is very good I would watch that film that's what it's like you've moved on from you've moved on from Alec Baldwin just to the entire work of all cinema is yeah, what you say. Cinema. All cinema is a waste of time because yeah. it is just what you the zip wire thing I think I have seen in every film. There's a Yeah, it is Yeah. I always I, I mean I you know when people like put on that like, their dating things and they say uh, one of the things they say, oh, I love the uh, I love the cinema they say and they always they always say on dating, I love uh, I love evenings in and evenings out. <laughs> Which are the two possibilities. There is no other possibility. Other than being dead, you either have to send it in or out. And then they say, cinema, I love cinema. Like everyone, and everyone just loves cinema. And everyone yeah. say, oh, I love the cinema. I hate the cinema. <laughs> it's boring. Well, that's, that's good. On a dating app, you could buy I hate the cinema and you'll find someone who yeah. hates it as well. Every single film, it either starts really boringly, takes ages to get going... Or it starts well, then it dips in the middle, yeah. and gets better, and you think they could have left out 45 minutes there. <laughs> or it, the other, the other, whatever the other one. I was mean, done. you're getting in danger of, of critiquing all entertainment here, including stand-up comedy. There's a danger people go. That's also true of stand-up comedy. Well, there is a danger of that. <laughs> and podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> definitely I've noticed, podcasts. I've noticed with your podcast, this yeah. is one. But they often dip down, you know. They, they do. do. They do. At some yeah. stage or other, they do. you know, I've, I've listened to them. They've, they, so many of them have weak starts. Yeah. So many of them have weak endings. <laughs> and then, then there's countless ones yeah. where the middle part, you just think, please take that 45 minutes out in the middle out. Just do everyone a favour. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, it's not, you know, and then there's someone carefully editing it mm, just tweaking the sound <laughs> on this middle bit no no take get rid out. of it take take, it get rid of it All right. everyone we'll take we'll, we'll take this bit out in fact <laughs> i think we may well i think um, i think uh, i think we may find that this isn't even being recorded <laughs> but that's true <laughs> there is the danger that this this could just disappear into the ether, which is nice you know the sound waves will travel out through space eventually someone will just hear it there was an alien civilization will be able to decipher just the sound waves. Yes, I think the things that... Uh, if humanity disappeared, there would be no trace of us in a few thousand years, apart from the radio waves. Right. That would just be... Going out forever. Going out forever. With, you know, some <laughs> inconsequential Richard Herring podcast <laughs> <laughs> emanating through various solar systems for, it's, it's for, my, for, for it's, eons to come. Right, you know. Know, there's, that's what I love about... History and archaeology and everything, there's every chance the one thing that survives is just the worst thing there was in that civilization. <laughs> but that's all that survives yeah. is the civilization. And it may well be, it may well be that, that we do make contact with another civilization <laughs> and that another civilization picks up radiant waves yeah. and they may well, they may be someone very advanced saying, 
very advanced technology they're using. They're saying we're picking something up. We think there's uh, some. We think there's some sort of life form. Probably, I think it's going to be on the outer, sort of middle to outer edges of the Milky Way. Oh yes, I know the Milky Way. Yeah, that uh, galaxy <laughs> over there. And they'll say, it seems to be some sort of uh, podcast with Richard Herring <laughs> and Paul Furton that we're listening. And they'll be just saying, this is incredible. Wow, we found a new civilization. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll say, I wouldn't bother. I mean, they definitely would from that as well. But they might be impressed that we're talking about the very thing that's happening. To yeah, them. it's incredible yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying what, is what, predicting... What? But on the Andromeda <laughs> galaxy, that yeah. they're, they're going to hear this. They'll think we're sort of, they might worship us as, as gods. Uh, uh, Paul, you know, you and I, we've our, our, our paths have crossed many times. I was look, I looked up on because I write a blog. I've written a blog every day for over twenty years, right? And so I, and my memory's quite bad now. I'm an old man, uh, and I'd forgotten this incident. But I saw you at a gig. I went to see you, and I wasn't even gigging with you, and you. You did this bit, which I don't know if you remember. You said, I'm now going to do a play about John Terry, the footballer. Because you used to do improvised plays. Yeah, I do sometimes do that, improvise yeah. a play. Yeah. And then someone in the audience said, you can't do that! You can't do that! John Terry is my cousin! And he got quite, <laughs> he got quite distraught about it. You hadn't even done that. It might have been a play celebrating John Terry. We didn't know yet. Well, it would have been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I always feel that John Terry needs... More adulation. He does. He gets a hard time. Uh, and so I think I actually got so annoyed with this guy that I chipped in and I, I heckled back at him. I don't remember this at all. Uh, but then you put him down and then you did your play and he quite enjoyed it, I have to say. Do you remember that incident? I don't remember. No. <laughs> but it's, it's an incredible anecdote. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I don't know if he really was John Terry's cousin or whether it was a man... Just pretending to be John Terry's cousin for the attention. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. You never I mean, know with hecklers, do you? You never know with, with you know, uh, you never know. Yeah. yeah. I, I had one, uh, it was a show in Leeds, and people, I've seen this happen a few times. It was a show in Leeds, going really well, but like one person or a couple of people didn't like it, or you don't like your comedy, all that stuff, and I did all these usual stuff, saying, so well, if you don't like it, what's the point of being here? Everyone else is enjoying it. And then they, and then she pulled up this. I've just been to my mother's funeral, <laughs> right. and now this, you know. And I knew it was lies. I knew it was lies. And I said that to the audience. It's all lies. And they're all saying, "Oh no, what if it was?" You know. And, yeah. then, and then afterwards, of course, it was revealed that to it be wasn't. a lie. No, it was it true. Was, no, it was revealed that she'd killed her mother. <laughs> so it was her fault anyway. It was her fault. In fact, she was only out on license from the. The, the, from, from the, the, you know, she was on remand yeah. facing the murder charges and, the, and, and the, 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 the prison, they had said, look, you can attend your funeral, it's your own mother's funeral, you, you probably almost certainly killed her, uh, you're going to be sentenced for it next week. And then, she's, then she said, I'd also like to see Paul Fitz. <laughs> Uh, previous doing one in Leeds, they said, all right, you can go and see that as well. <laughs> well but after that, it's straight back inside, you know. But you don't understand why she was annoyed and not enjoy it. I mean, if she, you know, for anyone else, it's just an evening wasted. For her, it's her, one of her last days of freedom. Well, it's her last chance to see a comedy show. And then you come on and do something not to her taste. I think she has a yeah, right fact, to complain. I think, it was to, I think she, was, she enjoyed the show. <laughs> she was just a, I think she was just annoyed that she knew she needed to be back in by 8.30. You know? yeah. Very strict at Leeds Prison. <laughs> Back in at 8.30. Even if it's just remand, back in at 8.30. Lights out by 9. And she was thinking, like, 
I'm really enjoying this anecdote Paul's, <laughs> Paul's doing. If only I could hear more of it. But she had to go back into the yeah. prison, you see. You're making me laugh and cry at the same time with that, Anna. That's a, I mean, a, I feel responsible. In the same yeah. way, <laughs> yes. I feel possibly responsible for potentially costing every single person in this room about £500 okay. each. Because Did you vote for Liz Truss as the well, Prime Minister? that's exactly... Is it this? You're is, right on the nose right. there. I didn't vote for her, but I was at university... Oh, with her? ..and knew her at university. And I, don't, I didn't know her that well. I just saw a few sort of events and things and spoke. But, you know, I don't think it's anything to do with me, but there's always a bit of you that thinks... Did I say something? <laughs> something like, uh, yeah, so what, what do you tend to do in your life? Oh, yes, I think, uh, what, what are you going to do, Paul? I think I'll be a comedian, that'd be nice. What do you think you'll do? Go into politics? Well, that's nice, yeah, we need to change the way things are. Good to take a few risks. <laughs> don't, necessarily, uh, don't necessarily want to just uh, listen to the, uh, listen to the uh, voice of convention. You don't, uh, what was it she was always saying? You don't want to listen to the voice of reason or whatever it was. <laughs> Don't want to listen to the voice of reason. People are being... uh, They don't want to listen to the uh, boring treasury orthodoxy. (laughs) No, they don't want to do that. Take a few risks. You know, maybe I said something that maybe in her mind. She was a liberal at university, right? So maybe maybe she just met you and thought, no. (laughs) People like Paul Fuckert should should not be allowed to live. There's only one way to stop it. I've probably cost you all about 500 quid as well, because if you look at the back of that free programme I've given you, it says, uh, go with bulb. It might, it might cost you less than your current provider. It fucking didn't, did it? <laughs> Thanks for sponsoring the programme for Scope, though, Bulb. Uh, well, they, they sponsored it. They sponsored this, yeah. And uh, I, I used to do a thing. It, was, it worked out very well for me. <laughs> where, where everyone who signed up to them got 50 quid and I got 50 quid. And I got loads of people to sign up for it. It was great. Up to... it was, they had a little thing. I don't know how they went, how, why they went broke. But every time, <laughs> every time you signed someone new up using your code, they got 50 quid and you got 50 quid. So I signed up like quite a lot of people. And this is for a charity? No, they, 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 then, they then backed my... My uh, program that was for, for scope. The, the programs for scope, but the. I uh, thought what I was yeah, confused yeah. by. I thought you were getting fifty pounds from scope <laughs> every time someone signed. Yeah. And I spend it on destroying uh, access to buildings. <laughs> That's, it's, I'm, a, I'm a terribly evil person in my spare time. So sorry about that. So sorry between the two of us for you encouraging Liz. I mean, that's us. the one thing about this podcast, isn't yeah. it? It might be, you know. Raising money for scope. Yeah. But there's no disabled people as your guests, are there? There's no access whatsoever. Any wow. disabled person would not be able to get to this oh, stage. Exa- onto this stage. Yeah, yeah, you be, always make sure that there's a stage with no disabled access. <laughs> there's no ramp, no there way in. There isn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm basically evil. I'm basically an evil person. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's ask, I want to ask you some emergency questions, Paul. Because, oh, yes, uh, yes. Because, you know, you, I think you'll be the best at this. Uh, let me ask you, this, uh, uh, this is my new favourite one, and this one has been made up by AI, which makes it even more exciting. So you didn't come up with this? I didn't come up with this. I, well, I, came, I just put into AI, write an emergency question, the style of Richard Herring. Most of them are nonsense, which is fine, which we will get to. Um, but this one is quite a good question. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love, Paul Foote? The most ludicrous thing? Yeah, that you've done in the name of love. I've ever done in the name of love? Yeah. Well... I, su- <laughs> yeah, I suppose... Um, I suppose, well, I don't know whether it's ludicrous, but yeah. it's certainly boring. Yeah, boring's good. Uh, I went to the cinema. Well, <laughs> what it was, I don't know whether it was ludicrous, <laughs> but I was going out with this gentleman, this boyfriend, and yes. things were going through a difficult patch. Okay. It was a difficult time. And then I said, oh, let's go to the cinema. It was one of those things where, you know, I thought, at least we're together at the cinema, and maybe we can... And then I, and then I thought to myself... Well, if we're in the cinema, uh, you know, uh, maybe I could put my hand on his leg or something. Yeah. Um, perhaps even go further. Within the law. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I mean, people looking at me, it was like a real shocked... Yeah, they... they... The, the people of Totten were looking at me in this shocked way. Yeah. Like, like this aghast. Like, obviously, obviously never in a million years would I ever consider revealing a gentleman's penis... <laughs> <laughs> in a public cinema, of course I wouldn't do that. No. No, well, I have done, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> and and uh, anyway, so I thought, anyway, I thought, well, this is ideal, you know. Anyway, it was a film, and it, it starred Bjork. Okay. And it was about the character that Bjork played. It was like a straight film. It wasn't like singing or whatever. And it was all about she was a mother... And I think her daughter got murdered, okay. but she got accused of killing her own daughter, and in the end, or something like that, and she was blind. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember it now. She was blind. She was blind, and she got accused of murdering someone, and it wasn't true, and then she had to, in the end, she, she had to go to the gallows, and it was all a total... It was totally wrong. She had never killed this person, yeah. and it was all sad... And she was like, all walking along towards like where she, where you put the thing over your neck, and she what? couldn't see properly. Yeah. She was all like blind, trying well, to she find, was... <laughs> trying to find the gallows. Yeah. It was all like, 
you know, like slapstick, but not, not funny slapstick, like terrible slapstick, all tripping over, trying to find the gallows so that I can face my own death for the murder that I've never done. Yeah, I don't think she had killed it. I don't think the daughter was dead. I think, thinking about, I think the daughter was there, like there to watch her own mother being... Uh, being hanged, and but the daughter was crying, Mother, Mother, this is not right, you're going to die, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it was really sad, and at the end she just... Had, she was hanged and she was dead, and that was kind of the end. You realised there was no hope left. The point I'm making is, at no point... This was like a two-hour film, and it was just relentlessly sad and tragic. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a single moment of light relief when even for a moment it would have seemed even at all appropriate for me just gently, even just for a second, to gently put my hand onto his penis. <laughs> and it was so sad and miserable. And then we split up shortly after that yeah. anyway. Well, probably because of that. Yeah. And now he lives in Estonia. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's a disaster. That was one of my most unsuccessful sort of love occasions. Yeah, that was bad. I like the idea of the daughter being at the hanging and the going, isn't that the girl she was meant to have murdered? Doesn't matter, she's been found guilty. Yeah, I think... Hang her anyway. I, can't, I, think she, I think it was a neighbour. She was accused of... Oh, a, a neighbour had come round and... Does oh, anyone know what terrible. this film is? <laughs> You've made it up, Paul. It, it was in about... <laughs> no, I haven't made it up. It's a real film. You can look it up later. Maybe later in the podcast you can put a link to it. OK, I'm going to... So I'll that find... people know, for the one time, for the one time in my life, in my career... The one time when I actually told the truth and okay. didn't just make something up. People okay, we'll, know, we'll link yeah, to there it. really was a film by Bjork when she got hanged or something. I think we may have spoiled the film a bit for those, for those people. <laughs> Although maybe not, because it was quite unclear what actually happened. Uh, to be honest, you sort of knew from the start. In fact, I think he told me, I think he said to me, oh, let's go and watch this film. It's about Bjork and she gets accused of a murder and she didn't really do it and at the end she gets hanged. But I knew from the start. Maybe that's the title. Yeah, I think it <laughs> it's a film about Bjork. She does a murder that she didn't really do, and at the end she gets hanged. Look that up on IMDb. Let's find it. It'll be good. Um, here is some. Um, here are some other AI questions that are quite pull foot, but that aren't very easy to answer. Uh, let's do this one. We've done this one before. But if you were stuck in a lift with a sentient jar of pickles that claimed to be your long lost brother, would you believe him? And, if so, would you risk tasting his briny essence to confirm his identity, or would you prefer to remain a cucumber coward? How would I know it's a him? Well, exactly. That was what I, the, the question gives away. It says that by calling him him rather than it, yeah. it sort of confirms that it is your brother. Yeah, I always it? think of gherkins as more female. Do you? Yes. I always think, I always think of uh, a gherkin as female and a, 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 a pickled onion... As a small male. Do you? I mean, I, I would definitely go the, exactly the opposite for... for... A Cornishon, more, more sort of non, non-binary. OK. Well, a Cornishon is literally non-binary because it's neither, it's neither gherkin <laughs> nor onion, is it? 
Somewhere between the two. It's a sort of hybrid. It's, it's the size of a small pickled onion. Yeah. But the taste of a, of a gherkin. Yeah, so it is. There's a lesson for us all, though, isn't there, in, yeah. in pickle form? Well, there is. The, the cornichon is the, is the maverick of the pickle <laughs> it world. Is. But shunned by pickle society as a result. Yeah. The, the, the cornichon is the... The Cornish, to put, to put it another way, to give you another an analogy, because I don't think we've had enough, the Cornishon <laughs> is the caperberry of the accompaniment to turbot world. In terms of an accompaniment to turbot, yes. you would normally go for a caper. Yeah. But, the, but you very um, occasionally go for a caperberry. And when you say turbot, you mean the, the fish, the turbot? Yeah, turbot. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, turbot. No, I no no. I didn't mean tur- turbot the fish. I meant turbot. Okay. Turbot the uh, artificial intelligence version of turbot. <laughs> okay, okay. Turbot. Turbot. So you eat that with cornichons. Yeah, eat it with cornichons and, and caper berries. Caper berries. Turbot. Okay. I think you are a match for AI, is what I would say. I think. Uh, I think yeah, if, I mean, if, I'm, if I'm, AI ever tries to take over the world, we'll just send you in. And it'll be like that episode of... There's an episode of Star Trek, isn't there, where there's a, a computer about to take over the world and then all they have to do is say something that contradicts itself and then the computer explodes. Like, do you remember that one? It goes... No, I don't remember that one. I think you're making that one up there, I am, mate. I would never... I would, a real one. I would never make up the plot to yeah. a popular piece of entertainment. I would stay... Trying to remember what the... Did it what have it Bjork did. in it? It had Sc- Scotty was in it. I think Scotty oh, was Scotty, the one. Yeah. I think he was the one who uh, tricked the computer. Um, oh, that one when they said, "Beam me up, Scotty," and then, and then he was hanging and <laughs> himself. That one. So stop! Stop! So it's, so, it's been start. so dark this podcast. I'm sorry, Totten. To... It's not you know that, that spin-off, not Star Trek, the Suicide Trek. <laughs> the suicide Trek is just a spaceship going off. With all like different characters, and every 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 episode, someone else tops themselves. Okay, I think I'll try to remember to put a trigger warning on this podcast. <laughs> There's a few people who might not want to listen to some of this. What Star Trek? Fans. Star Trek friends were very. <laughs> all I'm doing, Paul, I'm sitting here thinking, why did I waste three hours this afternoon researching your life? <laughs> it's not a waste to me. It's not a waste. It was wonderful to do, and I enjoyed it very much. Because that is not a waste. That will make me glow for weeks to come. Thinking, <laughs> Richard has, has researched was, my life. I was for researching three hours. you. I was looking at your funny clips. I told you before, and the funny. This is sort of a, a backward compliment because the thing I found funniest was your curated thing for the Guardian. You are an extremely funny comedian, but you'd picked out ten clips from the internet. Of just people falling over, yeah. but they were just the funniest, the funniest, the one. absolute funniest thing. I, I, there's no point in trying to describe it, um, but search for Paul for ten funniest thing. Guardian, Guardian. Probably, or just probably, Paul for good at Guardian. You'll probably get the other Paul for. So put Paul Foot comedian. Paul Foot comedian who's yeah. not dead. <laughs> Living. Paul Foot who's alive, not the one who died in 2004. Yeah. still alive. That one. Guardian. Are you ever mistaken for the the Paulfoot from the journalist Paulfoot? Not not apart, apart from in graveyards. <laughs> not very often because he is dead, you know. I know, but you know people are stupid. I didn't know Pavarotti was dead. I thought Pavarotti was alive, and he died in two thousand and seven. Yeah, sometimes one does 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 doesn't know. No. This one. like uh, 
Sir Keith Chequin. Yes. I didn't know he was gone. Oh, yeah, he's gone. gone. Yeah. And his sister Janice Long has died as well. Oh. Janice Joplin. Janice Long. Janice Jan- Joplin. Yeah, Janice, Janice, Janice Joplin is dead, yeah. Is Janice she, Joplin yeah. is dead, yeah. Oh, <laughs> King Henry VIII is dead yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> we can go. There's a lot of people. It's probably easier... I mean, is it easy? It's probably easier to list everyone who's alive than everyone who's dead, but it will still take a, an awfully long time. Yeah, it would be ages. It would be ages. But I think there's a lot of people you couldn't name in both categories. Yeah, people you wouldn't... If you had to absolutely research it and find everyone, you could probably find out the name of everyone alive eventually, but it would be hard to find the name of everyone who died. Yeah, that would be almost... That would be impossible. It would be impossible, but you could just make some up. Start with Adam and Eve. That's yeah. like an easy. That's an easy start. Yeah. Right, that's day one. You think, right? I'm doing well here. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Um, there was the other woman as well, though. That was before Eve. Who's the, what's the wife in uh, Fraser called? Is it Lilith? That's the name of the. So Adam had a wife called Lilith first. Abraham. Okay. <laughs> There's loads of them. Loads there of them is. you could come up with. Isaiah, Moses. Well, I can list a lot of those because I did yeah. a show where I did Abraham, we got Isaac, Isaac, we got Jacob, Jacob, we got Judas oh, and his brethren, Jews, we got Pharaoh and Zara, Tamar, Pharaoh, we got Ezra, Ezra, we got Aram, Aram, we got Aminadab, Aminadab, we got Nathan, Nathan, we got Sam and Sam, we got Boozer, Rakab. I can go on. <laughs> it's um, still in there. It's still in there, Paul. Still can't remember. There, can't remember gigging with you when it, whatever that gig was with John Terry I can't remember it but I can remember every name in that list forwards and backwards and the acronym that helped me to remember it incredible yeah <laughs> and, what, and what was incredible about it was you know it got a round of applause tonight it went it so well it's so did. much better and than they, in the actual show where you did it <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know if I got it right I had it up on the screen this is interesting is this true that you have face blindness yes because I've got aphantasia, I'll never talk about it, but I can't imagine, I can't imagine things in my, inside my head, and it must be similar to that, right? I can't, this is a real I've got thing. no images, yeah. I've got, I, I, when I think, I don't think in images, and I can't, if I try to picture something, I don't see an image. Yeah, so therefore, you, do you recognise people's faces? I do, so, but I've got, I've got some way of visualising, but it isn't the traditional way. So if I think of my wife's face, it sort of is like a shadow in the background in sort of a reflection behind my field yeah. of vision kind of thing. But and I can't, also, I, can't bring I suppose you could also, you know, you could, you could use, like, word association to remind you yeah. of her face. Things like low self-esteem, <laughs> desperate, things yeah, like that. Yeah. Those things would help that does to help. bring that the name to mind. Exactly. It does to mind. Mind, yeah. But, yeah, I can recognise people. So do you, can you not rec- do you, do you have problems? Yeah, I mean, I sometimes do. Yeah. But I, I very often... I'm not the worst, because I did do an interview recently with this woman, and she's married... She doesn't recognise her own husband. You're right. At all. When he comes back from the shop, she's just like, Who are you? You know. Well, she knows because she knows. She sort of works it she out. She sort of works it out. But here's the key so goes, I'm, Probably my husband. But I'm not that bad. But it's, yeah. it was, it's been bad enough. Not bad is the wrong word because it suggests that it's some. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Well, it's difficult, it's though. It's just difficult. Or, and, and it's just, um, you know, it's, it's happened so many times and it keeps on happening. And sometimes I might meet someone at a party and talk to them for 25 minutes. We have some stupid conversation. And then they go to the loo or something, and I see them five minutes later. Right. And I don't recognise them. Right, yeah, that's then pretty... Obviously, once they were, then I, oh, yeah, I remember the conversation. But there's this awkward thing of, do you not remember? Yeah, yeah I remember talking to yeah. someone. I didn't realise you were them, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of comedians have that because they're not really interested in other people. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. So they, they won't listen. There'll be someone to talk at them and they'll go, yeah, fine, well, now let's talk about me. And then they won't recognise them five minutes later. I used but. to think it, but it was, no, I am interested in other people. Yeah. And it started a few years ago when I was, at a, I was at a family party. And I think because people were dressed more formally. It was like a big, like an extended party, lots of friends and things. Sure. And I didn't recognise my aunt and I didn't recognise my mother. Right. Because she was all dressed formally and I sort of, after like a few seconds, I sort of said, "Oh, you're you're my mother," you know. Wow. But I didn't realise what she looked like. And so, if you said to me now, "What does my mother look like? What does her hair look like?" I can't remember. I have right. no idea really. I couldn't visualise what she looks like. But I normally know her by context. Yes. Because <laughs> because uh, because um, you know. I get in her bed and she says, for Christ's sake, get out of there. <laughs> You're too old for that. You know, for God's sake, this has got to end. This is absolutely, totally inappropriate on yeah. every level. Please, will you not get in bed with me again, you know? So therefore, I know who it is. Yeah. But if it's at a party, you know, I don't yeah. know. You that's know. Really, you know, it's, that's a, that, it's, that must be really difficult and really unsettling. Is, is it something that's happened over time or has it always been the case? Uh, I don't think it's always been... I never was brilliant at it, yeah. but I think it was in my mid-30s or something, or early 30s, that it just seemed to change. Yeah. And so I had it all scanned and to make sure my brain that there wasn't like some injury to it or anything like that. There isn't. They just said it's just a neurological weird thing that's happened. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just that I, it's nice for people to know, and when I tell, meet people, I sometimes tell them... Yeah. So they don't think I'm being rude or not interested. Of I, just have, I just don't know. And if I'm, if I, and, and the worst things are things like, um, like famous people. Because famous people, just because they're famous, doesn't mean that I remember that it's the same thing. Sure. And, so, and they often expect you to remember them. Yes. Uh, but I don't know, like, for, it, it, uh, I was in the airport just before Christmas, and Rob Brighton came up to me and said, "Oh, hello, Paul." And I don't know how, but I just suddenly thought, that's Rob Brydon. Uh, okay. Because I, I it would have been a bit awkward if I hadn't. Yes. And I was able to say, oh, hello, Rob. Uh, hello. I don't know how I did that. Yeah. I did it, but other times there's famous people and they've said, hello, and they only met me like three days ago, and I, I'm just like, oh, hi, and it's just like really awkward. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I have it like a little bit, but I think just like normal people, like normal, sometimes you just forget who someone is, or you, you, know, you, don't, you meet someone who... You, you met 20 years ago, and they... Re- it's, it's awkward, someone really remembers you and you don't remember them at all. I've had that a couple of times. Yes. Like, they go, oh, hi, and you go, yeah. Once I went to a restaurant and the waiter was like, Rich, how you doing? And I was with friends, I was going, oh, hi, yeah. And then it was a guy who used to hang around with us, like, in the early days when we moved to London, but I had absolutely forgotten. Yeah. And even when he reminded me, I couldn't remember. I mean, maybe you've had the same sort of thing as me. You've probably done lots of stupid, weird silly things because we're comedians we do silly <laughs> things so I have sometimes people come up to me and say you must remember this time ten years ago it was after a show and we all did some stupid thing we all took our shirts off and then <laughs> pretended to be frogs and, and, <laughs> and leapfrogged around the town or something and yes it would be the only time in my life when I took my shirt off and leapfrogged <laughs> around the town being a frog Yep. But it wouldn't be by any means the first or last time I've done something really stupid <laughs> and silly. And so I just don't remember. Yeah. And they're like, this was this 
night, I'll never forget it. This was so weird. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just sort of... But like, that's, your, that's your everyday existence. That's my everyday I existence. I mean, that's what... I, the, the, the thing I find very interesting about you as a performer... I mean, I think you're an absolutely fantastic comedian. I love you. I think you're... Like, you're always called, like, surreal. But I think you're a very solid... Your act is full of proper jokes. Oh, yes. I always think that sometimes people think surreal comedy is going to be sort of gently amusing or something. Yeah. But always make sure, always go for one laugh every 12 seconds on average, five a minute. Yeah. Yes. It's proper jokes, but it's definitely from a, a, the perspective of you, which is what a comedian should be, right? Yeah. No, I don't think anyone else could do ex- be Paul Foot. You are Paul Foot. But then I think, and I know you're a little bit off stage, but I think I try to think of what Paul Foot's actual daily life is when I see you on stage, and I can't... Maybe, maybe we don't want to imagine it, maybe because you're this wonderful chameleon performer on stage, and a chameleon's not the right word. <laughs> you don't blend into the background. Um, but, you know, maybe, you don't, maybe we don't want to know the, the ordinary life, but is the ordinary life of Paul Foote, it seems to be, is it as sort of unusual as the, the Paul Foote on stage? Yeah, I mean, in a way, in a way, it's just normal life. But in a way, I suppose... I try to bring some eccentricities, or not eccentricities, just silliness into everything. Yeah. So, you know, like when I um, moved into my house and I wanted to get new cutlery, I went to a, a shop and I wanted to buy... I wanted to buy, you know, I wanted four... I thought I have four forks and four knives and four spoons. Yeah. And I wanted every fork... And knife and spoon to be all different and all of a different style. <laughs> okay. And then I wanted so and there's all different ones. One is a really big fork and one's a really small <laughs> knife. And I choose the knives and forks at random. Yeah. So it's four times four, so it's sixteen different combinations. Okay. And occasionally I'll have the really small knife with a really big fork. <laughs> and then the, the man in John Lewis, <coughs> the assistant who was helping me in John Lewis. He was only really doing it because he actually worked in bedding. <laughs> but I sort of said something about cutlery, and he sort of he knew me from the TV, and he was just like, "This will be fun." Instead of working in bedding, I could just go and help <laughs> this man called Bullfoot choose cutlery. It'll be a laugh. Yeah. And then he was saying, "Do you like to spend your whole life as a joke?" And I said, "Well, as much as possible, <laughs> I like to make things a bit of a joke. Yes, yeah. sort of silly, you know. And, yeah. And and just I like sort of silly stuff like." My milkman, when my milkman comes, uh, I'm the only one, I'm all often up at like three in the morning and I run downstairs, I hear his milk float come and I go and have a chat with him for half an hour outside and then stuff happens, like sometimes his milk float, like the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the tyre explodes. It quite often explodes because the, the head of the dairy refuses to get a new tyre, and so they just keep doing like um, repairs like on a bicycle tyre and they explode. <laughs> and then he has to come in my house and like, have a brandy while we wait for <laughs> while we wait for a special man he rings who's on a 24-hour call-out thing who comes and repairs milk float burst tyres in the middle of the night. And it's yeah. just like a laugh, it's silly, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would 100% pay... Even just the idea of you going to buy knives and forks and buying ordinary knives and forks just really amuses me for some reason. I would love to have a 24-hour channel just following yeah, you. It's all just... If I had the money to do that, Paul, I would have a camera crew following you all the time and just stream that 
like online. To have fun, like my neighbours across the road. They're in their seventies, and they often say to me, "I'm really good friends with them." They say it started in lockdown that, that I would, um, because we couldn't, you know, go to each other's houses. I would sit in the garden, socially distanced, and sort of have my breakfast, and it was just an opportunity for them to get a bit of company, and vice versa. And it's just continued to now. And then sometimes they say, "Oh, um, oh, it's a lovely day. Why don't you pop round for your breakfast?" And I say, "Oh, yes, good idea." And I say, "I'll be round in five minutes." And they, they know that sometimes I will be around in five minutes, but sometimes I'll, I won't turn up for two and a half hours, <laughs> and I'll just turn up with a tray with, like, a massive, like, four-course meal that I cooked <laughs> and just eat it in their garden. It's just fun, isn't it? It's a laugh. It's silly. <laughs> silly. It's just a bit of silliness. It is, but, you know, it's, it's nice to commit that much, and it's nice to, I guess, to live that, be able to live that life. It's a... It's yeah, a, you're, in, you're enjoying it, right? I mean, you're not just crazy and having a no, terrible time. No, I like time. to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to have fun. Do <laughs> silly things, you know. But, it, but comedy's always is a little balance. But, you know, and I think about this a lot because a lot of things I do, you know, I'm deliberately pushing the boundaries of sanity backwards and what you're doing, you know, and doing things like within comedy, not within real life, uh, I have to say, uh, that, you know, are weird or too pedantic or whatever. Uh, and it, there is that danger that you slip over the edge full time if you're not careful, or do you think it keeps you relatively sane to what be is- insane? Well, the, you know, just because comedy's about that, you know, that's all funny because it's slightly mad, right? It's mad to go and buy four different knives and forks. Yeah. But if you're doing it consciously, it's not mad, it's funny. But if you're do- but there's a point where you could just be going to. John Lewis and buying a variety of different items and taking them home. Uh, and then they have to go, it's time to put Paul Foot in some kind of institution. I think probably it's comedy that keeps me sane. <laughs> yeah. Because comedy, in a way, that most, my most serious, actually, maybe after a show or, or the next day, when I'm sort of analysing, you know, at the moment I'm creating a new show and I write it with my co-writer, we work together, and that can be quite sort of serious work sitting there saying, OK, this is going really well, but this first bit seems a bit too long, and actually that link, and it's all quite sort of serious. Yeah. And it's, that probably keeps me... That's the only time when I'm serious, really, <laughs> because, because the rest of my life I'm not serious. Yeah. When I go on stage, I obviously have to not be serious. It can't be all, oh, I'm going to do this show now. <laughs> it's got to be a light fun energy, yeah. so that's the only time I'm serious, really, yeah. but when I'm working on the comedy show. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was 67 minutes tonight, but it really needs to be running to 62 minutes, you know, need to shave off a little bit there, you know. <laughs> All serious, you know. Yeah, serious, but it's, that's lo- it's lovely, it's lovely. We should say, this is going out during the Edinburgh Fringe, so you're on the Edinburgh Fringe with yes. this show. What's the show called? For? Dissolve. Dissolve, yeah, that's, Dissolve. A, that's a very good name. And it, it promises, among other things, and I'm not expecting you to tell us now, uh, the secret of life, the meaning of life. Yes. So that's pretty good. Uh, and you're touring that show as well, so if people aren't at Edinburgh, they can see that on tour in the autumn, right? Yeah, and it's, it's actually um, it's an unusual show yeah. because it's personal. In fact, I've never done a show like this before. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, as you've sort of intimated... My life is all a bit silly, and you sort of think, oh, what would 24 hours be like with me and all that sort of stuff? And in a way, we've done a few, said some more serious things in this podcast. There's been a lot of just sort of silliness. There has been. And not a lot of actual, you know. So in this, this is unusual, this show, because I talk about my personal history, and it's all about 
having basically 29 years of absolutely crippling depression and how it all just ended quite unexpectedly in an instant uh, on the the 20th of March last year. Right. So that's what it's about. So, yeah, you'll have to go and see the show to find out what that is, but that's that's a pretty good hook for this this (laughs) show. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see it, so I will try and catch it on tour. I'm not going to be up in Edinburgh. Um, When you say try and catch it on tour, you mean you're not going? I'm not going, no. I'm too busy doing my own stuff. I don't. I can't remember who. I won't be able to remember who you are. <laughs> and that luckily neither will you. I'll just say, yeah, I was there, Paul. Didn't you see me in the? I was in the front row. Didn't you see me? Oh, you didn't recognise me. Well, oh, that's like that fancy shame. time when I made up a thing about John Terry. Which I'm sure <laughs> I never did. That's it. It's in my blog. My blog is a very honest thing. Right. We we better. Uh, there's lots of things I was going to talk to you about. You can become. Uh, uh, you can join the Guild of Paul Foot Connoisseurs on your website. Yes. So you have this kind of... You have such a, a, a secret society of fans and then there were too many of them got involved, so you have to have a sort of secret member of the secret members, right? Because oh, you well, got too well, popular. I, well, that, what I do is I have my... Um, I have my secret society, yeah. which is the people who... who join your email join list. Join my email list. Yeah. Don't like to call it that. It's more of a society, you know. It's not, it's not as nice as the Guild of Paul for Connoisseurs. And then, uh, uh, and then um, I have secret shows, which just means that I don't advertise them anywhere apart from they just tell people on my list yeah. in London and they have to have a password to book it, that sort of thing. Right. And, and, uh, and then, so there's lots of people come to the secret shows quite regular, so then sometimes I have... I shouldn't really be saying this, it's so secret. But sometimes I do have a secret, secret show. Yeah. But you have to have been to a secret show <laughs> and you have to have written your name on a special list yeah. at least two or three times. You have to have been to a few secret shows or at least say, look, I've only been to one, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> and then you can then be invited to a secret, secret show. Yeah, that's good. Yes. And I bet there's a secret, 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 secret show that, I couldn't that you possibly, can't talk about. I couldn't comment on yeah. that, because that's so secret. That's levels of secrecy. Well, Paul, you are one of... You're a truly great Briton. Oh, you're a truly you. great comedian. I'm glad that you exist, because you just, you're, you're so yourself, and it's an absolute wonderful thing. Do go and catch Paul live, and uh, please give it up for the amazing Paul Foot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Paul Foote. Thank you very much to Scant Regard. It's one man, and he did this music all on his own. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one. I would also like to thank everyone at the Hanger Farms Arts Centre for getting this together very quickly at the last minute, not realising they had to record it. Uh, thank you also to Martin of the Square Theatre for organising these gigs. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
Only from Rustolium. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for listening. Do come and see me on tour. RichardHerring.com slash gigs is the easiest way to find out where I'm going. And GoFasterStripe.com, you can buy books and downloads. And just tell your friends about the podcast. If you can't make it to the tour show, if you don't want to buy any products, then every time you listen to an advert, you're helping us make more podcasts with a very, very tiny micro payment. So thank you very much for that. I love you all. It's lovely to meet you on tour, by the way. Uh, hello to everyone who's said hello so far. I do come and say hello after the show. If you if enjoyed it, if you want to see me, that'd be nice. You can get a selfie. I don't care. I'm a selfie whore. All right, see you soon.